and welcome to Universally Speaking, the Red Hot Chili Peppers podcast. My name is Ben Townsend from bentownsendmusic.net and I'm joined as always by... Sam Townsend from samtownsendmusic.ug. Sam Townsend Music from samtownsendmusic.ug. That to me screams, one of my favourite countries for footballing reasons, Uruguay. No. Right. Why do you like Uruguay so much? Uh, the first World Cup was held there. They won it as well. Indeed. Uh, and really, I, I'm not. I, I, over, I overstated my case on Uruguay there. We I saw, like Uruguay. Did you come to Wembley back in the day to watch England Uruguay? No, I didn't. You went with certain people. I did. I didn't. Right, okay. I chose to go to the Dell to watch Southampton versus Norwich, where Saints won 5 0. The Delhi, were they? Mm. Uh, not Uruguay. No. Oh, Uganda, of course. Are you going for Uganda? Yes. Correct, Amanda. Yes, indeed. Yes, second Sweet guess. Baby I'm James. on an absolute roll on this recently. Well, I've been going for some easier ones for you, just to boost your confidence. Mm. Thank you. It's it the least I can do. It did need a boost. Yeah, I, I saw you were looking a bit low mm. in confidence. A bit glum. Yeah. A bit blue, if you will. Yeah, yeah. But now I'm top of the world. Exactly, and that's all due to me. We are Ben and Sam Townsend. We are the brothers... Two young brothers on a hovercraft. We have been for several years now. We are the Brothers Cup. Yes. We are universally speaking the Red Hot Chili Peppers podcast. And if you would like to get involved with this show, show is a big word, isn't it? Do. For it is a show, I think. Okay. I think like, it is. Like to get involved with the show, you are more than welcome. It's all hosted at bentownsandmusic.net. Yes, it is. Please carry on. <laughs> no, no, I was going to butt in halfway through. Okay. But I will not. Email in if you'd like to become an ambassador. Your duties will be minimal slash none. But you will get a badge. You will says. get a badge and a title. Yeah, ambassador of X or Y. And a free buffet at the AGM. Fantastic. Can't wait for that next AGM, now that I know about it. Uh, email in at bentanzomusic at hotmail.com if you would like to be an ambassador or you have anything that you'd like to say to us. Nice things. Please review us on your podcatcher or, or, of choice. Yes, please. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, your podcatcher of choice. It does apparently help boost the... The, the figures, if you will. The fig- and I will. Yes, it does help. Yeah, <laughs> but only five-star reviews. Only five-star reviews are allowed if you are going to give us any less than five. Don't bother. Please. I don't know, just tack on an extra couple of stars. Yeah. For example, if you're going to give us three, just, just add on two. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> at University RHCP is myself on Twitter, Ben Townsend uh, at bentownsendmusic.net. Sam? I am at Stack Townsend on Twitter. And uh, that's Sa- it. Sam Townsend at samtownsendmusic.ug. It's my latest uh, web endeavour. I am on Instagram. Well, we are. But, yeah, I, I'm the only person that does any work. No, it's you. And then I support you by doing a lot of liking mm. and checking. Okay. University speaking, RHCP underscore pod is on Insta. So, we are very, very excited today. We've been spending a lot of... T- oh, we're also part of the Deep Dive Pod Network, of course. Do check out Deep Dive Podcast Network at Deep Dive Podnet on Twitter. Fantastic bunch of people. Yeah, Podcasts, fantastic bunch of casts. Podcast Shows, if you will. Exactly. Pods. <laughs> yes. I'll tell you what's annoyed me. Go on. Not, it's the Question of Sport podcast, which right. they refer to as a podcast all the way through it. It's broadcast on Radio 5 Live on a Friday afternoon. It's a radio show. That's not a podcast. No, but that's a a radio show. Podcasts are very similar to radio shows. Yes, but you can't call your radio show a podcast. Well, maybe you can then. (laughs) It it gets my goat. Well, I didn't know you had a goat. Gets my greatest of all time. (laughs) Yeah. Billy. Yes, Billy Goat's gruff. Mm. Now, was there some kind of troll under the bridge? 
I believe so. Yeah, yeah there was. Yeah, and they had to keep going. Hang on, right. and it all comes back. There was a troll oh, under. Yes, of course, exactly. <laughs> this well isn't done. just thrown together, people. Is that why you said Billy? No, randomly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if that's where the troll was. Yeah, I think it was. All right, we are. We've been celebrating the release of Unlimited Love for the last few episodes. We have, and we should. Um, we should, you know, thank everybody. The Chili Peppers themselves, all the other fans. I think we've all come together and had a wonderful time over the last month and a bit. Or is it two months now? Well, however long it's been, we've had a whale of a time. April, the whole of April and the whole of May. Yeah, two months. Yikes. Yikes. Wow. It's been on constant rotation in my car. I know all the... I'm comfortably in the zone now. When one song finishes, I I hear the next song before it starts. That's That's, nice. Yeah, nice to reach that point. Nice place to be. Uh, I know most of the words. It's a poster child? Yeah. Okay, fair play. Spin, uh, Ramones had a lobotomy, so spin me like a pottery, for example. Uh, exactly, another classic rhyme. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we are leaving it. We're parking that for, we? for a little while. We'll come back to Unlimited Love. We'll do an episode on our feelings once it's had time to bed in. Yeah, exactly. We'll come back and do a proper, proper show on it. You know, oh yeah, we'll do a bedding in episode. We really suck it, suck it dry. Yeah, we did. We do a bedding in. We did individual shows on two of the songs, and then, of course we'll do the full episode, which is our bread and butter. It's a it, well, it is our bread and butter though. Is talking about the albums and breaking each song down, and that is exactly what we're going to do today, Ben. We're going back to it, people, and you'll probably know already. And if you don't, you're about to find out. That we are going to talk about part one of Mother's Milk. Yes, and part one consists of the first four songs. For those who are fully aware of the uh, unofficial breakdown of Mother's Milk, the part one episode will consist of Good Time Boys, Good Time Boys, Good Time Boys, <laughs> or Good Time Boys, Good Time Boys, Higher Ground, yes. or Higher Ground, or yes. Higher Ground, yes, Subway to Venus, yes, or Subway s- to Venus, or Subway to Venus, and Magic Johnson. Or Magic Ma- Johnson or Magic Johnson. <laughs> yeah, excellent. Great. So are we listening to them each song three times in its different... It- yes, in its different iteration. Iteration. Yes, we are. And also, we are going back to something approaching the old days where we used to listen to the song so loud. Yes. We have, for uh, since we've been recording in the garage, listened to them off Sam's computer... The volume oh. has been unsatisfactory. Has it? You've never mentioned it. No. <laughs> <laughs> I've solved that problem, Sam, by getting a, a little you had a it. mini it took you a, year. a mini amp. You had it a the post, whole time as well. A post amp. <laughs> I did. I forgot I owned it. And we can now listen to it at ear bleeding volume, should we so I'm probably, choose. yes, exactly. I'm probably going to turn you'll, mine up You'll a have bit. it a little bit louder. Yeah, I'll have it a bit louder. You'll have it a lot louder. I certainly will, because, mate, the re-listen that I've done to Mother's Milk mm. in preparation for this album. Mm. Those first four... The, the whole album is great. Those first four songs, and by the first four, I mean predominantly the first three, right. are absolutely sensational. It is a phenomenal start to an album. Phenomenally. It certainly is. Certainly I've, been, is. Uh, I've been taking Italian lessons. Yes, so have I. Have you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, bueno... Yes, phenomenal. Ice cream, my Italia. Just one gonna do. I don't think ice cream was invented Give in Italy. Give it to me. Delicious ice cream from, from Italy. Italy. I don't think Italy was invented in ice cream. 
<laughs> you might be right there. You might be right. Yeah, leave it at that. Okay. Uh, that's enough about that lie. <laughs> yeah. None of us have been taking Italian lessons. None of us. <laughs> We're going to crack onto mother's milk. Really, really looking forward to this. So let's get into mother's song milk. one. <laughs> let's get into song one. Good time, boys, shall we? Good time, boys. Good time, boys. <laughs> As we ear blast our way out of good time, boys. That was loud, man. What, what a statement of intent. What a tune that is. It's a good opener. It's up there with the best openers on any RHCP album. Wow, where, so, uh, no, I was going to say, where? I was going to say, can you rank them in order? Sure. Um, but, but that's, it, that's the only way to rank that's things. Another, that's another, that's <laughs> another... <laughs> that's a, that's, that's another a, full episode. That's, yeah, that's a, that's a, that's golden. A full full episode that's, of golden that's content. Full right GC. There. Yeah, can you just do that? <laughs> okay, cool. Well done. Now, Sam, give me a little bit of uh, input from your extensive research about Mother Smith that I asked you to do, and you said you would do, which I did do. <laughs> I have done. I'll put it online. Here he is. <laughs> Oh, you wrote the Wikipedia page for Mother's Milk, did you? Mother's Milk is the fourth studio and video album by American rock band Red Hot Chili Peppers. That's what it says on my research. <laughs> studio and video, and video album. album. That's what it says. Fair enough. That's what I wrote. Sounds like, sounds <laughs> like nonsense. Org, released Org 16, 1989, so, so almost for my wife's birthday. And Org is and short for, for your August. Wife's birthday. That's right, August, okay. yes. Uh, it was an EMI record. They were still with EMI at this stage. Still with it. I'll, I'll tell you what, though. There was bidding wars galore after this one. My word. The wars were ferocious and uh, hard fought. They, they, they exactly were. But in the end, I think it came down to a little bit of niceness when Warner Brothers sent them a message up saying something like, you know, good luck with your future. And, and they yeah, thought, and they oh, thought, that's hang nice. on a cotton-picking minute. Yeah, let's go these to WB. The, these are the boys for us. If let's... it's good enough for Bugs Bunny... Yeah. And... Um, that pig, what's he called? Porky, uh, Porky Pig. Porky yeah. Pig. It's yeah. good enough for us. Exactly. And actually, Flea makes a noise like Porky Pig in one of the songs that we're going to talk about later oh, well, on. That is excellent. Maybe that's that's why. Singles released, Higher Ground. Yes. Commercially successful. Certainly was. Knock Me Down. Great song. Commercially successful. And? Taste of Pain. Ooh, baby. Not so commercially successful. But? But the best song out of the three. Well, I am famously... Famously anti-Taste of Pain. You are, and I am famously pro-Taste of Pain. However, I've come around. I've bought the CD, so I didn't have it on CD. I just had it on my computer. I'll invest in a... (laughs) a Moribund. (laughs) I'll invest in a Moribund technology. Once again. The reason I bought it is because there's... uh, What you're going to get now when you do it is the remastered version. And there's Flea's liner notes in there. Yes, exactly. Which are worth a little read. Very so. much worth a read. I did buy it for that, and I've had it blasted in the car. Yeah, but that's... I still buy CDs for that very reason. We have a CD player in the car, and it's... But you've got multiple copies of Unlimited Love. 
Oh, uh, yeah, I have. You I've bought three copies on CD, didn't you? And one on record. <laughs> I've got, yeah, one on record, haven't got a record player, and I've got two two CD versions that I don't need, and one that's in now in a frame. No, you've got three, because you gave one to me. Three and four, because... Um, uh, we got one from the lovely Jeremy Fredette, brother of the godfather of the podcast. Yes, exactly. As he signs himself off in, in the letter that he sent us, yes. in the note. Oh, yeah, from the brothers Fredette. Indeed. I don't know about the, how much input the Godfather of the podcast had in that. Well, you know, it came. Alex, if we're selling you short, then please please uh, forgive us. Yeah, please do. Please forgive and if me. If you weren't involved, no, now what I do? Um, then you know. Please forgive me. Off, off. I can't stop loving you. Okay. I can't Don't deny it. It's the pain I'm going through. Please forgive me. I can't stop loving you. There you go, Brian Alex. Adams. Yeah. A lovely track. Yes. So, yes. BA, I've just realised. Who? He's called Brian Adams, BA. Yes, British Airways. Or BA Brockers, I was saying. Yes, yeah. Um, So, yeah, I do have four four copies of Unlimited Love on CD. Well, you now have three because you've given one to me. I gave one to you. Do you want your beer? No, it's empty. Oh, it's empty. Oh, that's telling. Leaving an empty beer can lying around. Well, no, I've just, I haven't left it lying around. I haven't, I haven't. (laughs) (laughs) We won't go deep into the uh, backstory of the, uh, of the, uh, of that. And uh, therefore we'll now move on. Exactly. We'll probably cut that out. (laughs) So tell me a bit more about the. Oh, that's it. That's all I've got. Produced by Michael Beinhorn. Oh, yeah. Of course. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, now. Jesus Christ. This is ramshackle. No, it's not. It's good. Oh, sorry about that sniff. Uh, no, no, don't apologise. Uh, yes, produced by Michael Beinhorn. Mixed, mixed relationships uh, and mixed feelings on on you know the the finished product. Well, certainly, uh, and I will give a shout out to the fabulous Pete Moore. He has sent me a book to borrow by Michael Beinhorn about his process and how he works with artists. Which we will talk about that in part two, I think. Yeah, we'll yeah. also talk about Swan Storts in part two or three from Scar Tissue. Yes, yes. I mean, it's... In many ways, this should have been part of the introduction <laughs> rather than it, the Good Time Boy section. It's very... Yeah, I suppose <laughs> so. It's very much an album of its time in terms of its overall sound. It, it sounds vaguely ridiculous in parts. Yeah. Um, but let's, you know, moving into Good Time Boys, it is a fantastic well, album. We're not, we're not ready yet. We're not, we're oh, not ready. Right. No. There's more to say. Please, say more then. Well, let's talk, about, it's a, let's talk about the transitional period, which is exactly what it is. Okay. Obviously, with the loss of Halal... You have then Jack Irons leaving the band as well. Yes. Feeling that he can't continue. And so you have a massive gap. Yes. And they, there is people coming in and out. Yes, there's, there's a, few, different people. A, few, a few failed... Blackbird, DH. Yes. Coming in, coming out. And also, and actually, credits too to those transitional players as well on the album. Without them, we may never have, we may never have got to this point. No, we'll be talking about um, Taste of Pain. Obviously not Chad playing the drums on... On Taste of Pain, we'll be talking about the fact that uh, actually you're hearing uh, Hillel on fire. Yeah. So there's there's swathes of credits going across this album. That it's not just the core four which we then became so familiar with. Oh, we did. This is, ties into Unlimited Love. John's just come back. Well, came back in a long time ago now. Yeah. Did did very little for a long time. It was just that black black announcement for quite some time. <laughs> yeah. but, but, but what a black announcement. <laughs> oh, lovely. Why Tom Black? Well, it certainly woke me up on that Sunday night. I know. They've got John in. Obviously, he's been a fan of the band for a long, long time. A student of Hillel's playing style. Mm. 
And what an experience it must have been for that young man to... Well, it was the start of his journey. Well, it, yeah, it, and you just noticed. So shocking was that experience. It, it, it silenced me. It did. What happened? I couldn't think of what to say next. <laughs> <laughs> but, what, but what about it? I mean, you, and apparently he had a conversation with Hillel at, at one point where he said... He, you know, he think, thought the core of the band, what made them good, or Hillel said, I can't remember which way around it was, was not doing massive tours and being a smaller band, mm. which obviously would then lead on to when it when exploded. They did, they did, yeah, they, when they blew up. John's first departure, but then he came back, but then he went off again, but then he came back. Yeah. He definitely, he definitely comes and goes, that I know. Mm. But he comes at least once a day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Allegedly. Yeah, well, That's he, can, he can clear that up when he comes up. He certainly can. That, he's definitely not coming on now that we've said that. He will. So, John's in. And my word, what a prodigy he is on the guitar. Yes. Certainly on Good Time Boys, is that is a guitarist who knows exactly what he's doing. We'll talk about, obviously, at some points, the, the machinations between him and Michael Beinhorn about what he's being asked to do, yes. how he's the, the levels of distortion that he's yes. being asked to play, the, yes. the kind of metal style guitar sound rather than a, a kind of funky guitar sound. But I have to say on Good Time Boys, it works. It absolutely kills it. It's brilliant. In a good way. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He doesn't murder it. No. He kills it. <laughs> he makes it absolutely terrible. He ends but in it. a good way. Yeah. <laughs> it's a shockingly poor song, but in a fantastic way. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So John's in. Great news for everyone involved. Yeah, but guess who else is in? You'll have to remind me. Chadley. Chad the Myth Smith. Yeah. A man who allegedly eats drums for breakfast. Yeah, yeah. well that's that's um actually that's true though. I'll quote Flea from his liner notes on the remastered version. Chad eats drums for breakfast, is that what it says? Close. Of course they mentioned DH uh, Pelligro. I couldn't remember I couldn't think of how to pronounce the surname, I guess I just said DH. <laughs> yeah, we all know who you meant. Okay, so DH, of course, John came in yes. whilst DH was playing with him. That's them. right, yes, there is, there is a few videos. Um, and, and there's overlaps. There is overlaps, yes. So they auditioned about 50,000 drummers and hired Chad Smith after Denise Zoom <laughs> said, I know this guy from Detroit, he eats drums for breakfast. Yeah. Chad but- sat down at the drums and lit a fire under our asses. It was an intense jam. We were a little concerned about his bandana, leather jacket, mainstream rock and roll look. And tried to make him shave his head, but he could play drums on anything. Now, ironically, he was, of course, later to shave his head. Well, he was, but he refused to at that time. And that is part of the reason why they were impressed with him, because they respected him for that. Yeah, he's in. And the drum sounds on, on this record are very, very late 80s sounding. Yes. And we've got, we're, we're absolutely privileged today to have drum notes from Jack. We've got bass, uh, our drum ambassador, yes. Jack Fox. We've got bass notes from Aidan Hampson, our bass ambassador. And we've just got life notes from Amace. Yes. Ambassador and friend. Indeed, indeed. and Not that we don't like the other two. No, 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 no indeed. We like you all. I'd go as far as to say, we love you all. So talk about those drums then. Well, the first thing you notice about the drums on this song, and in fact this album, says Jack, is the production. When you com- and that, he says when you compare it to what comes next... BSSM. This sounds so 80s and 90s with the amount of reverb on the snare and the compressed kick drum and the hi-hats panned in the left ear and the ride cymbal in the right ear. It is almost 
unfathomable that this is the album before Blood Sugar. But it is. There's no denying that. I've tried to deny it in the past. History and uh, history tells us that it was. And, yeah, it's simply... It's crazy. I mean, maybe Blood Sugar was, was a, rea- a bit of a reaction to, to this album. Yes, yes. Yeah, exactly. And, and they, they, you know, they, they had two new members. Blood Sugar was, was, I think, like you say, possibly a reaction to this, but just part of their evolution. Well, also, the, the evolution, the transition. John is coming out of watching and learning from Halal mm. and playing kind of similarly to him in parts across this album, but also having his own style. But then it, but then it moves past that Hillel clone in yes. in me doing this with my fingers that finger movement, which he actually was, which he actually wasn't, because this album is a huge move on from what was done before. Yeah, to stuff like Blood Sugar, where he's kind of more he feels more free to express himself. Yes, exactly. So Amace says about the album as a whole: "Wow, Mother's Milk." I can honestly say that this album is 100% responsible for the person I am today. I mean, this is big, big stuff, actually. That's, that's, a, that's a, a bold claim. I was always really into music before this, but when I first put this on my dad's record player in 1999, and it wasn't 1999, it was 1989, amazing that it's actually only 10 years pre-Californication as well. Well, yes. but it, so, so Amos is saying that he first listened to this in 1999? No, he does put 1989. Oh, right, okay, fine. So you misread it. He did. He was there at the time, mate. When I first picked up my dad's record player in 1989, my entire life changed. I was 15 years old and my whole world world exploded when I heard Good Time Boys. Christ. I'd seen snippets of the video for Higher Ground a couple of times on late night TV programmes like Rapido. Oh, Rapido! Ah, I haven't thought of that for a while. Yeah, I'm taking Spanish lessons. (laughs) Yeah, me too. And I thought, now this band looks interesting. I've seen the band on various skateboard films and videos too. Yes. They were in the film Thrashing playing Black Eyed Blonde, which was a real eye-opener. My brand-new life outlook and that of my friends became all about Mother's Milk and the Red Hot Chili Peppers. We were already skating every day, so this new soundtrack to our lives was absolutely perfect. Wow. Busting us out of our everyday cage. Mm. I'm just going to continue with uh, Amace's thoughts because he is a font of knowledge for the references in this song. Oh, go on. So he... This is a, a cracking little run. Okay, hit it hard and fast. Okay, I will. Good time, boys. If there was ever one single RHCP song that deserves a whole podcast episode dedicated to it, Good Time, Boys is the one. This song is dense, absolutely chock full of information from the late 80s LA music scene. I dove headfirst into it in 89 and have never come back out. Funky Young Kings, we sing of truth and soul. Fishbone's 1988 album was called Truth and Soul. On my next visit to HMV at Southampton, I bought the cassette of Truth and Soul. What a revelation. I loved this album instantly. It's at once really funky and upbeat with some of the, but with some of the most sobering and brilliantly hard-hitting lyrics. I've been a lifelong Fishbone fan ever since. I've seen Fishbone many times. One of the great, the best live bands with possibly the world's greatest frontman in Angelino, Angelo Moore. Angelo Moore. Interesting. Stop and take a listen to the Monsters try. Thelonious Monster were on the LA music scene with RHCP, Fishbone, Jane's Addiction, etc., Bob Forrest, Thelonious, Thelonious Monster singer, met AK and Flea in their early days on the streets of LA and lived with them for a time. Yes. His life has been documented in his incredible autobiography, Running With Monsters, which includes graphic depictions of John Frusciante's drug use and the documentary film Bob and the Monster. Thelonious Monster was playing with the young John Frusciante when he was asked to join RHCP. 
They have one of the best album titles with 1986's Baby, You're Bumming My Life Out in a Supreme Fashion. Their album Beautiful Mess 1992 is a favourite of mine with a song about Vegas Weekend with Flea and their bunch of friends and Adios Lounge, a killer duet with Tom Waits. Bob Forrest also formed the band Bicycle Thief in 1997 with a certain Josh Klinghoffer. Yes. Their album You Come and Go Like a Pop Song is a favourite in my house. So this is all, it's all so intertwined, both in the past and... And the present. And conceivably the future. Well, and, I mean, it's all, all of what you said is in the past. Yeah. <laughs> it, well, no, what you just said is in the past. I know. I, I didn't deny that. The three I song can't. segments in the Weird Radio section in the middle are of Good Time Boys are Boning in the Boneyard by Fish Ship Bone. Fish Ship Bone. Fish Ship Bone. <laughs> you shall have a little fishy on the little dishy. You shall have a fishy when, when the boat comes in. in. Yeah. Try by Thelonious Monster and White Girl by X. The guitar run slash bridge after this section back into the song is still one of my favourite pieces of music ever. Yeah, that's the bit that sounds like extreme. Mm. Aidan points that out as well, and, and we'll talk about that in a minute. When, they, when Flea and John are locking in in unison. Yes. That's the end of Decadence Dance by Extreme, and it's very reminiscent. It's very, as, as we found earlier, I can't do you, the bit from Good Time Boys no. without going into Decadence Dance. You can't differentiate between the two. If you don't believe me, you can ask John Doe. Doe is the singer of LA punk band X, who is in the middle of the you know that radio section. Yes, um, I don't know as much as I should about X. Come on, Amos. Come on, buddy. Um, he has put a little bit, but there's a name that I can't pronounce there, so I'll move past that. Okay, fine. He'll tell you about a band called Firehose, and yes. it's Andy's Amos's beloved Firehose. This band represents everything I love about music: absolutely beautiful, incredibly original, and fiercely independent. Out of the ashes of the Minutemen, who shared many a, many a stage with RHCP, after singer and guitarist D Boone died tragically in a van crash, came Firehose. Mike Watt, absolute hero on bass, and George Hurley on drums from Minutemen, were persuaded to carry on playing music by a young guitarist from Ohio called Ed Crawford, who had never been in a band before. My God, what incredible records Firehose made. Their song Brave Captain from the first album, Rage in Full On, was made super famous in the skateboarding world, and Santa Cruz used it on the soundtrack. Uh, to soundtrack the part for... Natas Kalpas in the video Streets on Fire. <laughs> I'm just saying this out loud. Mm, if you, you just Google Natas Kalpas Fire Hydrant, you'll find it. Fun fact, Blood Sugar Sex Magic was dedicated to Mike Watt. The last lyrics of the yeah. song are the chant of uh, Rockin' Freakopotamus. Rockin' Freakopotamus, Rockin' Freakopotamus. Which, of course, was uh, the RHCP fan club newsletter run by AK's dad, Blackie. Yeah. Well, Blackie. there we go. Damn it. That's a lot of information for a five-minute song. Amos, that was amazing. Well done, Amos. Yeah, superb stuff there from Amos. Shall I shout as loud as I can? Well no, done, because Amos. No, because that will affect the levels. Right. Okay. So, should we get into the song? Yeah, please do. Indeed it may seem that we have strange ways But we do it with compassion and don't believe in age Drive around the world, getting naked on the stage But the people out of the everyday cave What we like to think Good time, boys. I've put what an introduction. You seem to really enjoy it. 
Oh, well, you saw me. I was all over the place. I saw you. You were dancing around like a madman. Well, it was the first time I've been able to listen to loud music in this carriage ever. How did it feel? It felt sensational. <laughs> Great. Such a cool intro. You've got... Um, it really wrong foots you, because it, it's so odd, the beginning of Good Time yeah. Boys, isn't it? You've got high screaming natural harmonic, um, yeah. kind of on the right ear. You've got that staccato, aggressive, atonal guitar sound over the other side and you've yeah. got the bass pumping away down the middle just plucking on the pulling the g-string i believe yeah uh for want of a better phrase we'll talk about that in a minute with aiden such a such an odd intro ching, 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 ching. and i think when john played it live i think on uh things like psychedelic sex funk live from heaven on the verses john is playing that uh, that kind of yeah. atonal part, yeah. not the actual part here, because that's two guitars. So it's waiting for a release. It's building the tension. It builds and then it goes. And when it, well, when it goes, by God, how it goes. The Swan with that. Oh yeah, yeah. What, what do you make of the Swan's the, the Swan's presence here? His his delivery. It it's it's fantastic, and for me, it's perfectly placed between. Umph, yeah, yeah, and blood sugar, yeah. You know, it's it's nineteen eighty nine. Anthony Kiedis, and he sounds better than ever. You yeah, know, he he's, talk about a man who's been on a journey in terms of his own personal development. But here, he moves on to a new level from what we've seen before. I agree. I completely agree with you. And he sounds fantastic. He does. He's taking across this album. Uh, we'll talk about Subway to Venus shortly it's the different delivery styles yeah uh that you you will you've heard on um, on stuff like um skinny sweaty man and other, and a lot of other songs on uplift my Faux party plan yes but he's utilizing it so well here we'll, yeah. and, and we'll talk about it on subway to venus he, he's he's oozing with confidence he is he's brilliant he's there the big oh yeah there's another yeah Coming in, and then he makes a little cuckoo noise. He does, which is fantastic. Which is weird, Cuckoo McDonald, of course, you being your second name. Being my alter ego, yes. Your pseudonym. Yes. You know, we talk, me and Anthony talk about that regularly. The fact that he made a cuckoo noise, and I would go on to become Cuckoo McDonald. Yeah, yeah. I can imagine you do, just as you, just, just before you close your eyes at night. What a coincidence that is. Yeah, absolutely. That's all, in fact, that's all we've ever spoken about. I wondered why we were talking about that while she was cooking tea earlier. Who, me? No, you, well, you, you and Anna were talking about it. Uh, yes, me and Anthony. Oh, I thought you said Anna. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it said when you close your eyes last thing at night. Yeah, well, I thought you meant because I was dreaming. Oh, right. So it all kind of made sense. <laughs> <laughs> and when it releases, what a riff from John. Yes. It's absolutely awesome. This sounds... Like a humbucking guitar to me, so like a Les Paul or something like that. Yeah. It's a really big sound. And I know John d- doesn't even like talking about Mother's Milk because of he, he the pressures he felt he was being put under. Yeah. Of course, the Swan felt he was being put under pressure as well. Flea describes the whole situation as, and I Highly quote... Highly pressurised. No, he says something quite specific. Oh, okay. A little sketchy. Well, that's what he said. Yeah. So there's all sorts of stuff going on, but this is the guitar sound. This is a guitar sound I love. 
Yeah, it's, well, it's right up your alley. It, it certainly is. It's the late 80s, and frankly, it sounds like extreme. Yeah, it does. It does. It's, and uh, it specifically sounds like Extreme Extreme, th- their first album. Yeah. Which makes sense, because that was the same year, I think. But it's just incredible. It's huge. It's huge. It, it, I mean, I, <laughs> I was going to go on to say it's incredible to think that, that just just around the corner is that huge sea change into what would become their signature sound. Yeah. Blood Sugar. Yeah. I mean, this simply didn't stick. No, it didn't. It was a one-off. <laughs> yeah. Beinhorn! It was, by, you know... It, but, but you say that. in Once you hit the verse of these songs, there's two guitars playing. One on one side, one on the other. One of them is that, that big, heavy, distorted sound, yeah. which accents the stars. But then you get a much less driven, funkiest guitar sound going, which is very blood sugar. It's very give it away. Yes, yes. It's also the production that adds to it as well. It's not just the instrumentation. It's the production of the whole record. So you do end up with a package which is, for me, when I discovered RHCP, in 96, 97. Christ, only eight years after this came out. I listened to Blood Sugar. That was the first album I listened to. Yeah. Then I went on to listen to One Hot Minute next. Yeah. And then I went back and bought Mother's Milk. Yes. Ve- uh, that's exactly the journey I had. Uh, and Mother's Milk was a real jarring experience. Initial it, it, it experience. It is. Mother's Milk is actually much more... has uh, more comparisons to One Hot Minute than mm. it does to Blood Sugar. Yeah. Because obviously then they switched away from that signature chilli sound when Dave came in. Yes, yeah. True, true enough. And I went on to buy the the video, the VHS. Psychedelic Sex Funk Love. Psychedelic and What Hits. Oh, yes, you did. Yeah. And so you see, you know, the, the singles. That gives you a flavour of, of late 80s chilies. Mm. Um, but, yeah, sound-wise, I mean, it didn't grab me straight away. And I think that was purely because of the, the production and the, and the fact that it sounds like an, a record from the 80s. Mm. It does. There's no denying it. Everything changed as as you moved into the 90s in, in production techniques and and what was considered to be the, the sound you should be going for, yeah. especially the drum sound. Yes, changed. yes. Because this is, uh, it's great drumming, but it's a ridiculous drum sound. Yeah, the production on it is is very strange. Give us, talk about the drums, give us, uh, you've got anything else from Jack? Let's have the rest it's of the good time. Considering this is the first song of his first album, uh, Chad is really setting the tone for his career with what he's playing on Good Time Boy. Steady, powerful, funky beat. Hard-hitting snare and locking in with, with what Flea is accenting on the bass, especially during the verses. So, as he says, he's setting his stall out early doors. He's developing that relationship with Flea from the get-go. And that's the basis of what they've gone on to achieve together. Yeah, absolutely. As the rhythm section. Two fantastic players... Who who just have a, a telepathic Sym- symbiotic relationship? If you if you want to use the word symbiotic, you'd prefer telepathic. I've now I've got no preference. Fine. I might say symbiopathic, and I might say telebiotic. <laughs> okay, fine. So wonderful. That's a good word, actually. Telebiotic. Telebiotic. Yeah. Get that into the dictionary. Oh, should we have? We could do an album called Telebiotic. We could. I mean, we, if, are we, we, if we were an a band. <laughs> Big announcement. <laughs> we're now a band and we're doing an album. Upcoming album coming out. Telebiotic. Telebiotic by the Townsend Brothers. <laughs> That's come out of the blue. It has, so, but we better get to work. 
Wonderful thoughts from uh, brilliant bass ambassador Aidan Hampson. Let's have a think about what he's got to say. Okay. General thoughts. Do you just thinking about it, or are you going to read it? I'm going to think about it for a bit, then I'll read it. Okay. This is the thinking time. Mm-hmm. I'll announce my sponsor once again for the. Well, I was going to say the thousandth time, but this is at episode seventy something. So probably the fiftieth time. Brewdog. Punk IPA. I've just had a Hazy Jane Guava, which is delicious. And Punk IPA never gets old. Sorry, what are you saying? You just announced my sponsor. Are you still thinking? I've finished thinking now. I'm ready to talk <laughs> okay, about it. Okay, so now you're going to move into the, the vocalisation of the notes. Indeed. Mother's Milk, says Aidan, bass ambassador to this podcast, contains some of my favourite performances from Flea. And this album marked the beginning of his, his transistory period from the high-speed punk-funk approach of the earlier albums into the more song-orientated approach that Blood Sugar brought in. The album contains a lot of slap bass alongside busy finger-style melodic lines, that, and there's that transition. And his use of a spectre bass throughout the album has a pronounced mid-range which suits that approach perfectly. It's full of fun and virtuosity and is an underrated Flea album, in my opinion. Wow. Mother's Milk was also the last album to have the overproduced reverb-heavy 80s sound, for which I'm truly grateful, both as mm. an RHCP fan and as a Flea bass geek. There are many moments in this album it's really hard to hear what he's actually doing. You'll find that many of the bass covers on YouTube approach these lines completely differently and there really isn't a consensus on how Flea actually ex executes much of the album. Higher Ground is a great example of this, but I'll get into that in due course. So, good time, boys, from Aiden. Now that I've had my rant about the production of, the Mother's, of Mother's Milk, the beginning of the album actually has Flea loud and clear popping his G-string for all it's worth with a statement of intent that just about pays off before the fuzzy rock guitars and humongous snare pushes him further back into the mix. Mm. Naden's perfectly right here. Flea is the loudest thing at the start of Mother's Milk. Yeah. And as soon as his guitar comes in, he, he, he disappears. Yeah. I would recommend listening to it on your computer using a post-amp. With a decent quality pair of headphones. Well, I'm using, of course, my superb quality pair of headphones. Yeah, they are extremely good quality. It probably even better quality than mine. The track and, mine, is, and trust me, yeah, mine are good yeah, quality. Pretty damn good. Yes. The track is based around an E minor pentatonic riff with some nice variations on the bass to stop it becoming too repetitive. The slapped chorus has some nice moments too. But apart from the introduction, Flea is performing his role as a rock band bass player, assuredly helping the track to motor along. I have some reservations with the random and here's some other bands we like interlude. As, as do I. It's, oh, it's, as it's, do I. I it's mean, unnecessary. It's... It would be unnecessary on a on a you know on an album track, which is this. Wait, no, no, no. But this is this, the, is, this the is an opener. You're quite right. So I, I retract know, my previous buried, statement. Buried in the middle of the album, it would be unnecessary. Yeah. But on the opener, yeah, of an album, it's it's, it's yeah, it's unnecessary. But says Aidan, the unison lines are very extreme, like which always gets a huge thumbs up from me. Yes. And I would say to people listen to this who've never listened to extreme actually if you like good time boys and if you like uh, mother's milk go and have a listen to extreme yeah i would of course suggest that you start with porn and graffiti the album hmm. not the song no or the activity define the activity porn and graffiti all right it's it's it pornographic graffiti right okay. <laughs> it's no, illegal don't, don't do that no um yeah check out pornography check out extreme yes i mean extreme we've said it before uh, unfortunately extreme weren't so lucky no they weren't they got trapped in the late 80s 
<laughs> and, and and it cost them. I feel like we've said this before. Yeah, and it cost them. Luckily for uh, for Red Hot Chili Peppers, they released an album that could have seen them trapped, but they got out. They got out alive. I've got to go back to this one again. Yeah, with some of his deliveries and his his lyrics here. I love some of the lyrics in the song. I love "We're the best in the West, and the West is ours." You did. You 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 made I, me I, look I, at you. I, I did. I did. You I made me look you. at you while you mimed that to me. <laughs> <laughs> I did. That's how much his whole rhymes here, I think, are great yeah. because yeah, it is the you know evident president kind of rhyme structure that he's he's using. Yes. That's not structure. That's just two words. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's, well, how much? How many words do you need to form a structure? Well, I think you need, you need a pat a you repeating pattern three. to be a structure. Okay. Me just saying evident and president isn't a rhyming structure. No, no, it's not. But had you said evident, president, revenant... Yeah, starting to know the catch, yeah, got, that would have been... you got a triangle there. Yeah, exactly. The triangle of rhyme. <laughs> yeah, the it. structure. The triangle <laughs> rhyming structure. I love it. I love the swan across the song. The gang singing, of course, which there's a lot of on this album. There is, yes. Jack Sherman's back. Yes. The, the gang vocals, you're going to find them on high ground, you're going to find them on other tunes as well. Taste the pain. Jack Sherman, though, interesting that Jackie, Jackie Boy came back to be part of that gang. Taste the Pain, of course, yeah. yeah. Taste the Pain, which is my favourite song on this album. I've got lots of... What? Taste the Pain is my favourite song on this album. Fair enough. I've got lots of notes about specific guitar parts. I think what I will say is just have a listen with a good quality pair of headphones. Yes. And the interaction between John's what he's doing on the right and the left predominantly I think it's a dist- more distorted guitar on the right and the kind of the cleaner guitar on the left it's for such a you know he's a young man obviously at this stage a very young but man but he's, he's an incredible guitarist and on the the We Like to Dance parts there's a it's a really good example of that because it's really pronounced the the transitioning from left to right yeah We Like to Dance <laughs> doesn't quite go like that but yeah. something, something along those lines some great bass work again but you do have to work to, to pick it out yes yeah that's, that's true and that's something we all have to live with but you know luckily it, this, is, it's only, it's only, this is the last time that that happens quick shout out just had a, a, a whatsapp from bass ambassador Aidan yeah. who is currently gigging and touring in the north of England, I so understand. we believe. And he said that uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers UK are playing on the same bulletin tomorrow. Christ, well, that's good. It certainly is. So, uh, I mean, there's, I don't know, there's so much to say about the song that yeah, you've written five pages of notes, five pages, which I'm not going to go into so much. But five A four, you got carried away. I did hugely. Uh, the outro, though, that outro solo with um, the swan doing the uh, rock and freakopotamus part, I like. But, but as, as an outro solo, this is absolutely huge. It's shown off so many techniques from the young Frusciante. He's got double stop bends, he's got some light string raking, he's got legato runs, he's got bend and tap to release parts, you know, which you've seen him do live recently, bend, a tap. string, tap, and, and release. release. <laughs> That's GTP for the ages. Yeah. And um, well, I mean, talk about loads of bar work as well, which he's been, which he's always been doing, but he's been doing more recently on Unlimited Love. Loads of bar work, whammy bar work. I did work. some bar work. 
Didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> As did I. <laughs> well, I was a you worked man. at the Croft, of course. I did. I worked in a, in a, in a local pub I behind the, the bar. Snooker club. <laughs> yeah. So I didn't realise that John was still doing bar work while, after he joined the Chili. Yes, he does a lot of bar work on um, Mother's Milk. During the Mother's Milk era. Yeah, there's some big bar work on The Righteous and the Wicked on Blood Sugar. So, Christ, right into the 90s he was there's, working. There's working less aggressive bar work on By the Way. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess by that point, he probably didn't need to supplement his income. No, he didn't. Much. And they didn't do so much on Cali, because I guess the Swan had given him some guitars and he was back in a better place. Yeah, yeah. But, obviously... The, he probably did a lot of bar the, work between when he left the band and... Uh, well, the incomes have clearly dropped off, because there's a lot of bar work on um, Unlimited Love. <laughs> Christ, <laughs> he's back behind the bar, where he loves to be. All right, well, good time, boys, eh? <laughs> <laughs> right, it's we've got an hour until the Champions League final kicks off. Shit! <laughs> Let's go and listen to tune number de yeah. Higher Ground. Oh, I'm, I'm taking French lessons. <laughs> so am I. <laughs> Well, as we fly out of higher ground, what a tune, what a tune. But you said, repeat, repeat what you just said to me. I said to you, Ben, it's so true about poor old Flea's bass. You mm. know, as soon as that, it's the intro, the bass intro, and then the rest of the boys start playing and he gets completely, he might as well not be playing. Well, the Aiden says the slap line at the beginning of the track is a true Flea trademark and has become part of the general bass playing lexicon. Simple enough to play, based around octaves that move up the first three notes of the E minor pentatonic scale. Mm. And it is, it's just E, G, A. Mm. Uh, but it's overall ballsiness in his approach and attack that makes it so infectious. I have students of all ages bring this to me as if they want to learn. And it's because they want to look and sound as cool as Flea does when he plays it. Mm. Again, though, once the band joins in, the bass becomes much less distinct Ugh. with the clarity that we've come to expect from his playing missing. Nobody really knows what he's playing in those triplet figures that are between the slapped octaves, which is a shame because he's probably doing something really cool. Yeah. This cuckoo, this continues in the verse where Flea plays a similarly slappy octave line with some melodic fills to link the chord progression. And that's true. There's some absolutely brilliant runs from Flea in this song. But you really have to work yeah. hard to hear them. You don't want to, as a listener, you want it to be naturally entering the ear canal. You don't want to have to be searching it out and jamming it down the ear canal yourself. Well, Aidan says, we know this because we can hear the slapping stop rather than being able to hear what he's actually doing. Yeah. Because obviously the slapping is a really percussive, yeah. a- attacking way of playing it. Very, very. <laughs> Having said that, the chorus features possibly my favourite ever two bars from Flea. The descending filly plays over the turnaround at the end of that section. It's pure liquid filth. Not liquid content, silk. not liquid silk. No, but liquid filth. Liquid filth. Or maybe it's silky filth. I did some liquid filth this morning. Did you? I did some filthy silk. (laughs) (laughs) And raises dynamic into the next section perfectly. Thank you, Aidan. And also what you will notice on this song immediately is 
those drums at the beginning sound programmed. Yeah. I think where it goes boom. It sounds like it's. Oh my god! I mean, come on, Chad, move out of the eighties, man. To be fair, get into the nineties, Chad. To be fair to them, they were in the eighties. Just so that's no excuse. Well, you know, you'd think maybe they were just having one last heyday, one you know, one last hurrah, and and then moving on. We'll really celebrate this terrible drum sound. Yeah, but yes. Ah, the drums, yeah, they're just incredible. There's clapping mixed in as well. Yeah. Talk, talk, talk me through. Uh, I, the tune's I, I a lot harder to play on, on the... I heard the claps and then Jack confirmed it for me. The tune is a lot harder to play than people think on the drums. From first listen, it sounds like a fairly straightforward shuffle beat. But Chad is doing a lot with the kick drum and a lot of ghostness too. Also, after listening on a good quality pair of headphones for the first time in ages, I'm noticing some hand claps as an overdub at the same time the snare is hitting. Well, there's... The hand claps are a signature for, for the chilies. There's always hand claps now. But not at necessarily least mixed o- specifically over the snare. No. Well, maybe, they, maybe someone said, the snare sounds terrible. Mm. Try to clap over Can it. Can we cover it up? <laughs> and uh, it's a good idea, but um, it needed a lot more hand claps than, that, than they did, than they had. Chad is pretty much playing the same thing throughout the duration of the song until the end where he breaks it loose. His, uh, oh, was that the punky section? Yeah. Uh, not sure how you... Yep, and that's it. Oh, yeah, but also Jack does say that there's... On YouTube, isn't yes. there a link where you can... Where he's talking to Flea about... about yes, he did. It? He did say that. <laughs> so, <laughs> he's, he's, that's it. Can you read the notes in full? Yeah. I know the Champions League final's coming up. Here's a badly ripped link to a clip from Chad's uh, Red Hot Rhythm method where he and Flea are talking about the, about the drum part and how difficult it was recording it. There we go. And that that says it all. It was difficult to record... And it sounds sad. Sounds, sounds <laughs> <laughs> Technically brilliant, but the production's awful. Yeah. I th- I'm going to make an executive decision here to take some pressure off us. Okay. We're not going to do Magic Johnson tonight. Okay. We've only got 50 minutes till the Champions League final starts, and I don't want us to be rushing through stuff. 50. 51. Yeah. Sorry, it sounded like you said 15. No, for God. I thought I saw panic in your eyes there. <laughs> yes. So we're not doing Magic Johnson. Johnson, this is so. No, just chill out, man. Chillax. Yeah. Let, let, hang on, let's just kick back. Yeah, kick back and... Uh... Let's take 15 off. <laughs> <laughs> let's sit in silence for 15 minutes. Yeah. Anyway, let's think about higher ground. Stevie Wonder. Okay, what, a, what a, an artist he was. Mm. 1973 album, Inner Visions. Written and recorded by Stevie in just three hours, would you believe? Oh, and he I played, don't believe that. And he played every instrument. How long's the album? How long's well, the album? Can't be any longer not the three. album in three. Higher <laughs> <laughs> right. ground specifically. Oh, right, fine. I mean, that's, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The album's three minutes, three hours, five. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, knew, I knew it had to be a lie. And apparently the song is about reincarnation, higher ground. Ah, uh, yeah. And, um, yeah. And, and I mean, we, it's still impressive. But not as impressive. I was, I was mightily impressed. That you recorded an album re- in three hours. And <laughs> <laughs> played, played all the instruments himself. He was literally running. I mean, uh, in a guided fashion. Uh, yeah. yeah. From, yes, from, from, from instrument to instrument. <laughs> yes. And he'd quickly do the drums, dash, yeah. dash to the clavinet to do the well, even, Yeah, exactly. Room. When you take into account his visual impairment, it's even more impressive. Yeah, I mean, it's a hell of, And the, high, the Stevie Wonder version is, is, is fine. It's good. It's a good song. Yeah. This takes it... What the Chili's did with it, it takes it to a new level. It's a, a number... You saw me again moving. 
jiving. I've never seen you, well, probably because you had a bad knee for weeks. But I haven't <laughs> seen you move like this for a long time. Well, no, I was literally going up and down on my knees. Yeah, which, which is my great. Uni- my new recovered knee has allowed great me to do. Great news, yeah. 90% better, which 90%. is only 10% from being 100% perfect. Yeah, but equally, it's only 90% away from being on zero again. Yeah, and I'll have to hop around everywhere and <laughs> yeah. use a walking stick at work. Oh, yeah, there's no way you'll be able to record an entire album in three hours if your knee goes bad again. No. <laughs> what do you mean? Oh, no, my knee goes bad again, rather than I once again record an album in three hours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, Beinhorn. Say what you want about uh, Michael Beinhorn. He wanted to produce a, hit, a big hit with the Chilies. Yeah. And in fairness to him, he did it. That's exactly what he did. And this was number... This as, got to 26 on the mainstream rock chart in, yeah, in the Yeah, which for, which for a band of the Red Hot Chili Peppers standing at that time... Was a massive hit. Was a huge breakthrough. Yeah. Yeah. And th- they've taken, as you say, a well-known song and they've they've given it the Red Hot Chili Peppers twist. Yeah, yeah. Unashamedly. Yeah. yeah. You know, they, they've made it their own. And it's, it's, it, it's, it's brilliant. And it was for them just what they needed. If they hadn't recorded this song and hadn't had that success with it... Yeah, where, you, you're quite right. Where would, they, the where would they have ended up? That's the question, because it was, it's the fact that you start getting hits that starts... Record companies wanting to have bidding wars to sign you up. Yeah, it's the and fact it gives you the freedom. Then that's exactly it to 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 go on and do what you want on the next album. Yeah, you are then given the freedom to rent a mansion. Yeah, to do whatever to you get want in there. Rick Rubin on board to buy a chessboard mm. and get Baron von Munchausen to ejaculate all over it. Exactly, and then have Rick Rubin manipulate the four of those people being the Red Hot Chili Peppers. On that particular, on that particular chess, chess board, None yeah. of that would have happened without this. No. and Amazingly. Well said. Yes, thank you. <laughs> but you're quite right. This was the firing, this was the firing pin. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that famous, famous analogy. This, this was the firing pin. Well, it's the firing pin that clicks onto the, 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 ca- the firing cap of the, of the, no, it's the shell. Yeah. Because the bullet is inside the shell. Yeah, and it then propels the bullet out of the gun. Yeah, and it was aimed to the sky because they went into the stratosphere. Sky high, yeah. They, they, they this rocketed. Song, this song this was, was the fuse. This song was, oh, Christ. was the match. You said, no, just no, said it was I've, the I've changed it again. <laughs> I've changed, changed it again. This it. song was the match that lit the fuse to what they would become. Yeah. Because what actually propelled them into the sky, being the rocket, was blood sugar. <laughs> yeah. But what lit the fuse True. was higher ground. It was higher ground, yeah. Exactly. Interesting, it's got the word higher in it as well. Because that's where the rocket went. Well, the, the rocket didn't go in. The, higher ground's only the fuse. No, it's the match that lit the fuse. <laughs> okay, <laughs> fine. But it's, it, it's a good song. I must admit, growing up listening to Red Hot Chili Peppers, this was not a song that I listened to all that often. No, I'm with you on that. But... That's nice, isn't it? Oh, very good, yeah. Um... But I now have almost unlimited love for this song. Wow. Very good. That's nice. That's not necessarily true. No, and I uh, uplift my faux party planet. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But, and and, and it could have very easily have been, you know, just a one hot minute for the band. But they were able to carry it on. What does it mean? (laughs) I was building in another album (laughs) (laughs) 
Of course, for me, it feels like some kind of the getaway. <laughs> well, they could have let things the getaway from them. Well, but they, they did. did. No. <laughs> they didn't. Blood sugar sex magic. <laughs> So yeah, 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 and I think the Swan again is—he's moved into a new, oh, a new, brilliant. a new area of of ability. It's here. a different delivery style. Yeah, again, it's not what Stevie Wonder was doing. No, 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 it's not. But it's also moving into that you know more uh, melodic and more more sung delivery. Yeah, I which. Agree. Is is ultimately where he he ended up permanently. Yeah, okay, you get the odd, you do get the odd rappy one, and you do get the odd section of rap. He still does that, but predominantly now, you know, he sings, and it it is clear here that that's where he was heading. Yeah, and I like the the delay on his voice as well, which just yeah. kind of fills it out. The gang vocals on the choruses again are. Fantastic. Yeah. Takes it to another level. So I think if you didn't have that, the swan, you want it to build, and there's just the swan doing it, or just maybe the swan and John, or or the swan, John and Flea, mm. wouldn't take it to where it actually gets. Because well, once it, that chorus hits, it's great. Yeah, that's right. And I think you can really feel Flea's... I f- always feel I can hear Flea's slightly higher voice. Well, maybe he he was thinking to himself, look, no one's going to be able to hear the bass yeah. on this album. I must so, get on the so, yeah, I, must sing one. I must be heard. Yeah. It's a possibility. It's a possibility. But no, it really gives it that big song feel. Yeah, it does. It gives it that, that gravitas. Now, as much as we've said about how we lose the bass, this guitar line from John, when it comes in, is one of my favourite for Chante lines. And again, it's that sound, it's... It, you can say what you want about it. The album in Too Distorted, and we're going to talk about Subway to Venus next, and parts of that are. Yes. But this is such a slinky, just driven enough sound. It's one of my favourite John guitar lines. Mm. Uh, it's, you know, that's all I can say. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of my faves. But what I have noticed this time, listening with a really good quality pair of headphones, is during that slinky guitar line, when Flea's playing the... You know the bang, bang, ba, bang, bang. Yeah. There's a distorted guitar on the other ear, also just playing yeah. either single notes, quite heavily distorted, but quite low in the mix. Yeah. Playing that to fill it out. Cool sound. Then when the swan comes in, the bass changes and it goes over the other ear through something like a, a, fil- a wire filter. Oh or yeah, something there's like definitely that. yeah, that, that's right. There is that effect on it. Yeah, there's a lot going on. It, it's um, it's a mo- it's fairly layered actually, and. But but not to the point of you know being over overcrowded or overly layered. No, I I think this song really works as it builds. Um, right at the end, when you've got the gang singing, uh, what are they singing right at the end? Let's have a look. I'm sure, I wrote this down. I'm sure you did. Pretty sure I did, Sam. Strikes me as the kind of thing you would have written down. It certainly was, but I tell you what, <laughs> it's not that. The gang vocal, Till I Reach the Higher Ground. Till I Reach the Higher Ground. Oh, yes, of course. Yeah. Well, that's going on, and the swan is doing his spoken outro. It's just another layer to it. He hated that, and Beinhorn was the catalyst behind that. He was the, the match that lit that particular fuse, if you well, will. It, well, Beinhorn was that match that lit that fuse. He was a fuse. match that lit... He was lit... the firing pin. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was a firing pin on a lot of stuff, not all of it positive. 
But let's give him his due. Yeah, I'll give him his due. And, um, you know, that's why over the years he has often been referred to as Michael the Firing Pin Beinhorn. Or Michael the Match Beinhorn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, and I'm so damn glad. Wow. wow. It broke out there. That came out of nowhere. <laughs> oh, so this song, I think this song is fun. I think it's got some beautiful uh, guitar work. The bass is lost, obviously. The swan is outrageously good on it. Yeah, the swan's excellent. And Chad, you know, he just anchors the whole thing tremendously well. And if we were listening to this in, you know, on upon release, it would have been the first time we'd have potentially heard Chad's work. And the, well, he, there's he, no potential to it. No, no. It would but, have been. But he he. He is just so effortlessly. Can you say that again? Effortlessly. How many many small cans have you? Effortlessly. Right. It helps if you pronounce the T's. Effortlessly. Powerful. Yes, he is powerful. And that enables him to anchor songs in a way which other drummers may may not be able to do. The build comes with... Um... For Shantae adding some guitar parts in verse two, it builds up. There's some added guitar fills, little triple strums, kind of a, a little trademark for Shantae. Yeah, that really I, is. I made that, I did that so you'd notice it. Oh, right. I did that strum. So if you listen in timestamps at 49 seconds, 52 seconds, 56 seconds, and 59 seconds, mm. it's diddlam, just up there. So gidding, 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 diddlam, 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 I mean, that is textbook jump. Mm, it really is up there high let's have a quick look at what Amos has got to say about this one brilliant cover of the Stevie Wonder song probably the first time I heard the famous slap and pop of Flea's bass what briefly. a banger briefly mm, at the beginning oh yeah yeah. there's five seconds of it then you'll never hear it again what a banger heavy sounding song with those fat, funky frusciante flourishes all over it just like what just as you just were saying there Ben yes an absolute tonic for 15 year old Andy brilliant video too with Flea's teddy bear cuddly toy trousers oh yes I mean those cuddly toy trousers I'd love to get a pair of those I really would well last episode you claimed you were going to buy the swans shorts with the Flintstones patches on I did, didn't I? I said I was going to wear them to the uh, and some to high the, pink socks to the live show. I did look. I did look online to try and find the high pink socks. Couldn't find any. I looked online to try to get myself an embroidered podcast beanie. Yes, you did, because oh. for some reason you want to wear a beanie in June in the height in of July summer. in the height of summer. I don't like caps. I don't like wearing caps. But there's no reason. That's like saying. I don't like wearing light coats. Yes. Go on. So if it rains in the summer, I'm going to wear a, a winter coat. I, I is feel, it like saying that? No. I feel, <laughs> I feel your analogy is not as tight as the firing pin slash match to a fuse. <laughs> no, ones. that's true. It's not strong. It doesn't I like wearing beanies. I don't mind if it's 30 degrees. Yeah. But you'll be sweating cobs. That's fine. You're meeting people for the first time. Conceivably. Give it, so well, you didn't buy it anyway because it was thirty-five quid. You bought it. No, it was fifty-five pounds. Fifty-five pounds. Yeah. You, you bottled. So it. then I thought I'll, I'll just buy an embroidered patch. I'll commission an embroidered fine, patch. Fine. Yes. Fine. But and I had sew to, it onto a beanie. I had to buy fifty. <laughs> right. And how much were they? Fifty-five pounds. For fifty, it was prohibitively expensive. <laughs> right. For, well, more than more than this individual beanie. 
Yes. I'm sure a cap on that website was only £35. It was. It was. I did look at caps after caps, that. 35 quid for a cap is a lot. Yeah. Well, I don't want a cap. No, I do. So, so are you going to get a podcast cap? Embroidered? Probably not, no. Okay. So you'll have to look out for us by the fact that I will have bright red hair, because I'm going to dye my hair again. Bright red. Yes. I, I might be limping. Yes. And uh, Sam will be... I'll be... Well, I'll be... No, you'll have a white cap on, won't you? No, a, a black cap. A black cap. We'll both be wearing our podcast t-shirts and we'll both be stood in front of a table with the podcast flag on it. It's probably the easiest way to Are you going to order this flag? It's there. No, not a, not a flag, a tablecloth. Oh, right. Really? We're taking a table and a tablecloth? A camping table, just a cheap one that we can throw away before <laughs> okay. we go in. God save the planet. God save our, <laughs> our bank balances. Just going to buy a table so we can stand next to it and throw it away. <laughs> surf, surf punch. Spice yeah, with surf, vodka and pain. Surf punch and then throw the table away. <laughs> Andy says, I saw RHCP at Brixton Academy on the blood sugar. Oh, mate. What? See, see, all right, mate. Yeah, rub it in. This is why... This is, why he's, this is what all of this has been leading up to. Yeah. He just wanted to casually drop that in. Yeah. He contacted us about <laughs> two years ago to get to this point. Yeah, and congratulations, you've done it. So and we this, are, as the kids would say, well gel. Yeah, exactly. I think the kids would have probably said that five years ago. So. Interestingly, they don't shoot on the word well. They're happy to say that in its entirety. Yeah, well, what, tell you what annoys me, right? Um, I'm going to get on a bloody hobby horse here again. High horse. Yeah. Soapbox. Hobby horse. Mm. Is... I keep seeing people on Twitter uh, when I talk about sports saying, "I'm going for the W." Or the win. Yeah, yeah. But, but right, yeah, it's ridiculous because, and they, I've heard them say it in interviews. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going for the W. Yeah, but W is double U, three syllables. Yeah, and, and win, win is, is one. one. <laughs> yeah. So why not just say I'm going for the win? Yeah, uh, true, true. Fucking ridiculous. Yeah, well, they haven't thought that through. That's, anyway, that's clear to me now. Stan Vavrinka. Mm. Stan W. Stan Wynn. <laughs> well, Stan, Stan Winston. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly, God rest his soul. Uh, what, I mean, what a creator. What a creator. And it turns out, what, what's a name? Stan W. Stan. <laughs> he can legitimately call himself that. <laughs> Stan W. Stan. <laughs> 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 However, Aime says, "Of course, our, 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 our wartime prime minister, W. Stan Churchill." <laughs> <laughs> My lords, ladies and gentlemen, please for the prime minister, W. Stan Churchill. <laughs> we shall fight them on the beaches. <laughs> yeah. We will W this war. <laughs> no, he just he just said we're going for the W. <laughs> yeah. What's your approach? What's your tactics for defeating the Nazis? Go for the W. <laughs> going to stay strong, eat well, going to focus and go for the W. <laughs> Thank God we got it. Brilliant. Right. Andy says, Hey, Mace, I saw RHCP at Brixton Academy on the Blood Sugar Sex Magic Tour. Yes. How did me saying that lead to us talking <laughs> about not, Winston Churchill? Sure. In 1992. <laughs> March 92. Uh, it was my first big gig and I loved every second of it. I bet you did. When they played Higher Ground, I've never seen that many people go absolutely crazy as they did at the end of that song. Oh, yeah. You know, the punky ending. 
Biggest mosh pit I've ever seen. They were supported at this gig by Rollins Band, who I absolutely fell in love with that night and have been a massive fan of their music and Henry Rollins ever since. Check out their album The End of Silence for 80 minutes of the heaviest, inspiring and most awesome music. I tell you what I love about Amos's input mm. is he gives other music recommendations. Yeah. Good he, stuff, Amos. Thank you. He is a, a knowledgeable man when it comes to music and all things RHCP and all things RHCP related. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So uh, he should have started a podcast. The, yeah, he should have, really. What do you think about the punky ending? I, I actually think it works really well. It's, it, to me, it's, I guess it's just because I'm so used to it now. But I think it runs, and the song transitions naturally into it. And, you know, live, it's fantastic. Oh, as Amos just said. Yeah. So I think, I think it's, it's great. And again, it, it was them saying, this is, this is, you know, this is who we are. I'm trying to think, what would you do if you didn't have that punky ending? And exactly. It, and it feels like you'd be forced to... Well, not forced, because you could just dig, 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 the higher ground, and like that, all fade out. Yeah, and, I think and, the fade out would have been more more likely. More likely, and I hate fade out, so I now like the punky ending. As you say, because ending on the, the dig, higher dig, ground, round, round, round. I mean, that, yeah, that could have worked. Get excellent. Yeah. <laughs> Do the end of Don't Cry. Let yeah. me just say. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Subway to Venus, I think, is next. Let's take that subway. little socks off out of Subway to Venus I'm going on record and saying that the first three songs of Mother's Milk by the Red Hot Chili Peppers from 1989 are all absolute belters they're all excellent songs that is a tune there's so much going on sometimes too much yes but what a tune and the swan the swan again with the different deliveries massively different sound to his voice there yeah and he goes through the he goes through different deliveries at yeah, different points in the he song. He goes through the whole gamut. He starts off sounding like... Um, I wonder what you're going to say, because I've made a note about this. All right. Um, Armstrong. That's exactly Louis what Armstrong. I put. Yeah, I put Louis Armstrong. Satchmo. Yeah. He does. Yeah. And do you know why um, Louis Armstrong is called Satchmo? Uh, is it uh, to do with... I've no idea. Satchel mouth. Satchel mouth. Yeah. What, because of his rough sound? No, because of his big mouth. <laughs> right. Apparently he had a big mouth like a satchel. Right. Okay. Fair so enough. they call him satchel mouth. But it's not very nice, is it? No. But you know, it stuck, and he went with it. Fair play. What? You, let's get back to the beginning. Though. Well, what, I think at, at its core, what you've got here is a funky jam. Yeah. And what a jam! What a rich. I know. Jam. It's fantastic. To me, remember when I made that bacon jam? I do. 
it's 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 so rich, so flavoursome, so many flavours going on that it, it's a little bit overpowering. Almost inedible. <laughs> no, I, I loved it. I had it on burgers. I had it on bacon. Bacon, interestingly. <laughs> and on is Jack. your is your bacon? Do you, your bacon not bacony enough? Apply some Ben Townsend bacon jam That's to give your bacon that extra bacony taste. And if I was having jam on toast, I'd put some additional jam on. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, oh, I'll tell you what, that bacon jam is lovely. But it's so rich. This song has got so much going on. Starts with that. This young man can play the guitar, I have to say that. Well, yeah, I mean, th- this this is more reminiscent of where where we were to go. Um, yeah, yeah, okay. C- yeah, certainly more the- than um, Good Time Boys. Yeah. yeah, and it's got that funky feel. Chad powering. F- Flea's bass is audible here. John, you know, up up towards the... the uh... Go on. The the the, the body of the guitar, yeah. John's playing. It's it's classic John. It's classic really. John. You've got that low stabbing on the E string, but the, it's classic. It, again, it's kind of Nuno Nuno's school of thought about playing the guitar. He said, always keep the the hand and the wrist in motion, and just choose when to strike the strings or mute out the other strings. Yeah, that's what John's doing here. When I played it, um, getting ready, getting ready to. Talk about it, just so yeah, you understand you thought, the dynamics behind it. You just keep it going, and you and you play. You apply it when necessary. Exactly, you apply the fingers you when necessary. You set it off. You trigger it off. Well, it's I, you light I, the fuse, I, I, if you will. The firing. I, I, I triggered the firing pin. <laughs> yes, and then you apply the, the the hands to the strings. Fast, funky, percussive vibes. Yeah. And as you say, I mean, that, it drives. And it's exactly what you said. This kind of style of playing did carry over to Blood Sugar, Matt, yeah, Blood Sugar yeah. Sex. The, it's, if you have to ask, is similar to this, but slowed down massively. Yes, that's right. And, and here, I quite often think to myself, does it need the horns? Well, it, this is the thing. It does. Yes, but, and, and the answer is yes. Yeah, but the problem is... You because then, if you, you, you stick the ha- horns out, you're, you're not really left with... You don't get from A to B so easily. You don't. The song doesn't move forward. No, but the horns. You're right. It ties it all together. Yeah. It's, it's the glue that binds the song. What you don't need is that second guitar that comes in after you know have that funky beginning, yeah. and then everything comes in, and at the same time as the horn comes in, another. Oh, what's this say? <laughs> My alarm's gone off. A mace beer. Oh, what does that mean? Ah. Anyway, Mace, I'll put a reminder on my phone saying A Mace beer. Don't know why. Is that's not from six months ago when we met him for a beer, is it? Oh, need to um, contact him to arrange to go for another beer. <laughs> 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 yes, fine. But it all kicks off and it's too much because the horns come in and they're fantastic. But you have a really much more distorted um, guitar in the right hand side, I think. Yeah. Which is just so high in the mix, it, mm. every, it becomes it becomes too much. And again, that's that's a, a, produc- a, a production decision, yeah, gone wrong. Well, it's a production decision to have the guitar that distorted, and then a, yeah, and then a production and mixing decision to have it so high in the in the mix. Yeah, but you're talking about uh, Flea, and you actually can hear Flea here. Yeah, uh, um, at five seconds, because first it's just the guitar and the drums at five mm. seconds. Oh, there's yeah. one bar of the most incredible rundown from yeah, Flea to lead yeah, into that's it. Right. It's great. And the, but the great thing about that is that that is very audible. And then 
again, you do you do have to pay particular attention to to the bass, but that draws your ear to it. Yes, no, that's that's and, a good point, and allows you to actually gives you something to hook on. Hook, yeah, hook it hooks you in. Yeah, but it, it is more audible here than it has been in in both the previous songs, but it's still too low. Not enough. Aidan Hampson, our bass ambassador, says, "I promise I'll do." My best not to moan about production with this one. Okay, well, that's a promise that he, he may or may not keep. To. Let's find out. As with Good Time Boys, the bass line features a repeated riff with some suitably flea like variations to add some extra flavour. His control of note length is a huge part of why this riff works so well. It's a cool riff because it's kind of it's a repeated rising mm. line. So he'll, he'll go up for a bar and then repeat that. It's lush. It's a great bass line. Oh, it's reet lush. It's reet lush, dear. Reet lush. He strikes the strings hard, and being able to combine this with the staccato feel throughout the song is not as easy as he makes it look. No, exactly. The slinky line he plays in the chorus is wonderful, played perfectly in unison with John. Again, much more tricky than he makes it sound, especially the syncopated semiquavers in the third bar, which I, I know you, you spoke to me about earlier. I adore syncopated semiquavers. Especially in bar. It's my favourite flavour of quaver. <laughs> <laughs> what, the syncopated semi? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> His consummate technique makes it sound like a walk in the park, even more so when played at, li- played at live tempos. The proggy 5-4 section is one of my favourite bass lines of the album, and I'm still not entirely sure how Flea fits all those notes into the bar. Worth listening to that section. It's the breakdown where it goes, bam, 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 because that's 5-4. So instead of going 1, 2, 3, 4, 1, 2, 3, 4, you're going 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 1, 2, 3, mm, 4, five. 5. Yeah. With that, diddle is the five. Yeah. It's, a, it's, it's, it's very cool. No, that is very cool. As a final note, just listen to how closely Flea and Chad's kick drum are locked in during the outro. It's no wonder they've become one of the most enduring rhythm sections of the last 30 years. Well said, Aiden. Talk to me about another enduring rhythm section, Mr. Jack Johnson. Johnson. Yes. He endures and we endure with him. We do. With pleasure. Look, I've I've <laughs> been I've been conversing with uh, Jack for oof, two years maybe now. I don't know how long we've been doing this podcast. Mm. He was reasonably early on to send in and say, "Look, I can do. I can talk more intelligently about you drums boys, than you boys can." You boys don't know what you're talking about. You boys about. just keep making noise. Let me take over. Yeah, and it's the entire thing's been pleasurable. He is a pleasure. I'm hoping. I don't know this for definite that we might meet him in Manchester. I don't know. We might. I'll tell you what, I'll give him a big cuddle. So will I. We'll cuddle him together. Then I'll cuddle you. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Fine. And then Jack can cuddle us individually. Yeah, so we'll cuddle him together. A double cuddle. Then you'll cuddle me for some reason. (laughs) I love you. Yeah, fine. But I mean, you can cuddle me anytime. But if you insist on cuddling me immediately after we've both cuddled Jack, (laughs) who am I to stand in your way? And I do. Uh, and then we'll cuddle Jack individually. So yes. that's the that's the rundown and the order. And then we'll do another double cuddle. To finish it off. Yeah. And then we'll pour him a glass of punch. Spiked with vodka and pain. Pain. And then he can help us throw away our brand new table. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we'll just burn it. But I don't know whether he's, um, he's throw, coming to Manchester. Throw away our brand new table. <laughs> <laughs> and we will. <laughs> Uh, not one of Chad's s- subtlest performances. That snare drum really comes out of the gate swinging. There's so much going on in this arrangement, it's kind of hard to make out what Chad is doing, as he's more than just I- 
as he's more just improvising around and going with the flow. I mean, you do get that feel. But, and, and actually, when this song kicks in, you, you, you get that feeling that it, it could easily turn into one of their live jams. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you there. Yeah, because there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff going on. Anyway, go on. Carry on. You can really hear the makings of a tight rhythm section on this track. Well, what well, did Aiden say? Aiden said exactly the same thing. It's tracks like this that have led to them becoming most of the, one of the most I mean, enduring rhythm, rhythm section of the, the past, past thirty, 30 years. years. This is what we've all been saying for about twenty-five years. Well, I've been saying it for thirty, and Aiden and Jack have confirmed it now. Around the 47 second mark, Chad's kick drum is matching with Flea's bass line. This is the basis of the band, in Jack's opinion. And that's a strong, strong statement. A strongly worded opinion. Uh, 229 to 249, a couple of bars of 5-4, as you've pointed out. And we've totally forgotten about this section. The boys are really showing off. For the extra beat at the end of what would be a normal 4-4 beat... Chad is doing four snare drum hits. Yeah. Accent, accenting, accenting. 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 What John and Flea are playing on the guitar. 250, a fill that wouldn't sound out of place on These Other Ways. He's quite right. Yeah. It's, a, it's a superb fill, and it's really high in the mix as well. Yeah. They, they tra- it's a different... It actually sounds like a different bit of production on it as well, to my ear. It's so Chad Smith. Mm. So CS. Two hi-hat stabs. And that classic Bonham style, Bonham style, snare rack tom, floor tom, kick triplet fill. Now, pre-Jack, what we'd have said is, it sounds like this. Yeah, it sounds like, yeah. Sounds like someone playing the drums really well. Fast. I mean, we would have had no idea that these words were needed. Snare, rack tom, floor tom, kick triplet fill. Interesting how the production changes there too. It sounds like that fill has only been uh, picked up uh, by a room mic, uh, uh, as opposed uh, 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 no, to the no, close no. mics on the kit. Uh, Weird uh, choice, but it uh, still sounds uh, cool. Uh, uh, and then, uh, if you like it, then you should have put a ring on it. As I often say, you when do. I'm right. This is probably the best the kit has sounded on the album so far. I wonder what took them so long. Hmm. But it's also it was a 1989. <laughs> I mean, it's also the best. You know, the most. The drums are front and center. You're immediately hooked in. By the relationship of, or the you know, the relationship that all the instruments have got here, they lock in so tightly together. But it's then and the drums are and the drums are so key to that. Yes, they are because the drum it, because it starts on it's just a drum and the guitar. Yeah, so they are up there. Yeah, then it all gets muddy. Now we haven't yet got to the swan coming in, but we we have in a roundabout way. But I just want to say that I love that nine note walk in to when the swan comes in, mm. where it goes damn 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 damn, which again is. That was an extreme thing I just said. That was Keeper's Dead. <laughs> yeah. But that's similar to what they do. Yeah, the swan, the swan sounds fantastic here. Again, it's this newfound confidence he's got. He's showcasing his Louis Armstrong vibes. Satchmo, Satchel Mass. But then he's, get, you know, he's going on to... Well, he's going on, because then it moves from Satchmo to, to the carpet ride section, which is a different delivery. Yeah, yeah exactly. He, he's... He's got so much, so much to offer here. And then the chorus delivery is different again. Yeah. Not actually my favourite swan delivery, the chorus. I, I'm not sure if it feels like there's a light effect on his voice. Maybe. It, yeah, there's a, little, there's, a, there's a little something there. But it's not... The more I listen to it again, because the more I listen to it, the more comfortable I am with it. But on... Like, I probably haven't listened to Mother's Milk for 
like six months. And coming back to it now, I'm growing into that delivery. Yeah, yeah. Because I actually prefer it on the live versions when uh, you're seeing John backing him up. Well, that's right. I mean, I can, whenever I listen to this song, I immediately start to picture um, uh, Psychedelic Sex Funk. Yeah, a, a young Frashanta. Yeah, yeah, and, he, and the swan with his walking stick. Yeah, John wearing braces with red hair. Or green hair, or Flea's got green hair, I think. Yeah, and that's just, uh, that's what I see. That's what I see when I listen to this song. Yeah. Them miming to it on Subway to Venus, <laughs> uh, on uh, Psychedelic Sex Man. Yeah, and that is, Subway, uh, Subway to Venus is one of the ones that is the album track played over. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Played over. At there. one point he does a golf swing with his uh, walking stick. Yeah, and I love that. Which is great, because there's no reason why, as you get older, you can't carry on playing golf. Or but use a walking just, stick. just goes to show that you can play golf effectively with a walking stick. Well, I myself have used a walking stick. To play golf? No, to walk. To, to aid walking. Because of the weak knee. Yes, its intended purpose. Yeah. Um, have I used it as a golf club? Possibly a wood? Uh, yes, exactly, yes. The, the one wood. Uh, what a tune, though. I mean, this, this comes out the gate. Comes out swinging. What's your thoughts on the on the outro? I mean, uh, I'm not a big fan of it. Uh, no. You said to me on the last song, what do you make of the the outro, that punk outro? Hmm. And I said I liked it. This, to me, is far more jarring than, than the outro. Well, it's got another extreme line. It ground. goes into that, that single note riff, yeah. which I do like. Yeah. And then you've got a, a big kind of wailing solo. Mm. Uh, no, no, I like it. I like well, it. You do like it. But well, it's, it's kind of up your alley, isn't it? It is. This is the third song in a row, though, where the but, ending is substantially different to the rest of the song. Yeah, you have that a little bit, like a couple of bars in "Good Time Boys." You have the punky outro on um, "Higher Ground," yeah, and you now have this completely different section in "Subway to Venus." And if I'd said to you in 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 1989, do you think? The Red Hot Chili Peppers will still be writing songs that change drastically. I'd say no. In 2022. No, I'd say no, that won't happen on Unlimited Love. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's, let's wrap this up. I'm going to go to Amos um, to talk about his thoughts about Subway to Venus. I really love this song, says Amos. Funky all the way with horns by, I presume, Keith Tree Barry. Okay, well, I can confirm this for you, Mr. Mace. The Tree Master General. Yep. Trumpet, Flea and Patrick English. Tenor sax, Tree. Listed as Keith the Tree Barry. Yes. And trombone by, simply by Lon. Lon? Lon. Not Mr Cheney. Just Lon. Well, it might have been. Unlikely, though. Dick Cheney? Lon Cheney. Lon Cheney. Funky Oil with Horns by, I presume, Keith Tree Barry, who I believe has something to do with Flea's Silver Conservatory of music to this day. I love the breakdown section at 20, uh, 229. That's the 5-4 section. Yeah. I will always associate this song with the psychedelic sex funk video that I watched so many times I wore out two VHS copies. Hang on a minute. That's what I just said. Hey, hey, hey you're on the same page. Really good uh, footage of the new Frusciante Smith band on tour of this album. Lots of overdubs album music, though. Yeah, it is album music, as we just said. Mm. Amos, you are on the same page as us, as is JJ, as is Aiden. It's why we love doing this podcast so much. We have made so many good friends. Thank you, guys. Wonderful input. We appreciate it more than you could ever know. 
And we simply must stop talking now because it's five minutes till kickoff in the Champions League final. Yes. Liverpool versus... Real Madrid. Good Royal, luck. Royal Madrid. Royal Madrid. Good luck, Liverpool. Uh, by the time you will hear this, of course... We'll know the result. We'll know the result. Uh, but, uh, anyway, well done, Liverpool, for your 3-1 victory. Oh, OK. You're making that prediction, are you? Yes, I am. 3-1. I mean, that would be a good final. Finals don't tend to have that many goals. Go in. on. I'm going to say... 2-1. OK. <laughs> shaved what off. A a shaved what a shotgun! What a One goal. <laughs> OK, let's just close this off. There's we'll... no way it could possibly be 3-1. <laughs> <laughs> we'll quickly do the socials. OK. As you should know by now, or if you don't, I'll remind you, this is hosted at bentownsonemusic.net. Yes. I've got some cartoons up there that I drew... I've got some original songs, if you want to check them out. Uh, what else is there? All of this old gubbins that we do right now. BenTownsendMusicalHotmail.com if you want to become an ambassador or, or say anything about the uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers. Oh, please do. Please do. Yeah, honestly, please do write it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we uh, love it when you write and We do, though, don't we? Genuinely. Yeah, yeah, we do, yeah. And we always reply. Yes. Well, I, I always reply. At University RHCP on Twitter, Sam, you are. I am at Stack Townsend. Insta, University Speaking, RHCP underscore pod. Yes. Big Creek. Uh, we are, of course, part of the Deep Dive Podcast Network. This is the most comprehensive and well done outro we've ever done. It's tremendous. All we need to do is. Uh, well, up. should we. Oh, sorry. That's fine. No, please. No, don't apologize. No, go on. Well, uh, no. Okay. I was going to say, all we quickly need to do is do uh, Magic Johnson as we didn't actually cover it. Okay. That'll be our outro song. So we'll just do the first section? Well, that's all I know. Okay, fine. One, <laughs> two, 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 one, two, two three, four. four. L.A. Lakers, fast break makers. Kings and a cart shake and bake car takers. Back to back, it's a badass fact. A claim that remains intact. <laughs>